Signs of the Southland, Sunday, October 24th, 2021. Mr. Jake Grant, NL champions over the Dodgers, the Braves are. The Braves are going to the World Series for the first time in my adult lifetime. Uh, as, a, uh, as a fan of a formerly struggling, uh, or I guess now again struggling ball club, how did you deal with this in 2016? Honesty time, I was terrified that they'd win. That's, I know some, that, that's some harsh realism. I know that that makes no sense, but like so much of the identity was like, we're never going to get it. It was like, what comes next? And honestly, it's a terrifying thing in the what comes next, because now you have expectations. You have all these bandwagon people that chop, jump up all the prices and I, I love are you gonna and, are you gonna old man in my intro bit right now? Are you gonna I, back I, in my day yeah. in my intro bit? You're gonna you're gonna find out that a lot of these people that you've known for a long time have been lifelong Braves fans. It, it's um, but haven't been to a game since never. Um, and then now we're bad again, even though we had all these players who were good and they're just like, all right, bye. Um, have you considered not selling at the deadline? Uh, have you considered? The Rickets are a whole mess that is suitable for a podcast that is not this one. But uh, in terms of the Braves, enjoy it while you're there. You may win. You may not. I don't, I don't know. I, I hope the Braves win. If you, you, know what the, you know what the terrifying vibe? part is? You know what the real terrifying part is? What? That if when we record this podcast on the 31st after the VT game or like that weekend, that series could be decided. It's very weird to think about. Or I think, what, game six, no, game five would be the Sunday. Yeah, game five is a week from today. Yeah, so we'd have to record, you know, scheduling. We'll we'll iron that one out. But, uh, wow, the Astros could really sweep this one, huh? I feel like anything I can say is a, is a darned if you do, darned if you don't. So I'm going to leave the Bravesing to you and uh, hope for the best. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. Even if the Astros aren't, you know, cheating, they'll always be tainted on some level by that. So, uh, you know, the, the moral impetus is with, is with uh, the Atlanta boys, I think, on this one. Ah, yes. The moral impetus with the Atlanta Braves. Noted Atlanta Braves and all of their faults. Oh, there are many. There are so of which there are so many. many. We need to move on before we do before we say yeah. something that we might regret. Tell me about cross country. Let's talk about GT Sports. Tell me about cross country. You have here that the ACC championship is this weekend. How? Why? It's only. I thought it was September. It's now October. This is weird. Time it's is fake. November. Time is fake. Cross country. Go. Yeah. Um, so they're going to be up at the ACC championships Friday in South Bend. I am currently vamping because I think it might be on. Never mind. I don't think it's on ACC network. I thought I saw a link to that, but maybe that was me remembering track last spring. Um, but um, in South Bend, uh, we came in, I believe, second on the women's side last year behind NC State. I'd put expectations no higher than that. Usually there's one juggernaut of a program in the conference and it would take some monster runs for them to beat that. But I would expect a top at least 
you know, three or four finish from the women, men, probably like seven, eight, nine. Um, again, it's hard. There's not a lot of head to head apples to apples type comparisons in this sport. I'm just going off gut feels and what happened last year. Um, yeah, that's, that's about what I got on that. Um, Copeland is the only freshman to be named runner of the week multiple times. And now that's her third time. So, you know, uh, retool reload. That is a top 40 program for sure. And, uh, hopefully it, uh, shakes out up in South Bend. I'm still very perplexed that it's already ACC championship season in a sport. It's very uncomfortable. And I'm also looking at the schedule to make sure you're not bluffing and by God, it is. Says yeah. Friday, October 29th, ACC Championship, South Bend, Indiana, 10 a.m. Yep. They also really only um, they really only have like three or four competitions in a regular season in uh, in cross country. So it, it really sneaks up on you, at least for me. There were four this yeah. year. Uh, they ran a opener versus Kennesaw State, or I guess at Kennesaw State's track. I don't really know how these work. Um, then they were up at Minnesota. Then the Alexander Asics Invitational was in Fairburn. Uh, and then they went to Penn State uh, yep. two weekends ago or last two weekends ago, last weekend. Um, so this is, you know, championship season, apparently. So after this, they're off for two weeks. Then they have the NCAA South Regional in Huntsville. And then a week after that, ish is the NCAA championships in Tallahassee. So it gets busy real quick. That is the truth. Um, And, you know, fixed your congestion with championship meets should be, should yield something interesting. Um, But we can circle back on that once they, uh, once they run the race. Absolutely. Let's move on to men's. Tennis, I think they did what the women did last week and did some ITA regional stuff. Do yep. tell. Yeah, so uh, team went down to, I believe, Gainesville. Um, there's one more day of competition, actually. So we'll have some more concrete info for you next week. Uh, but from what we know so far, um, Shandong played through the um, consolation bracket. Uh, and instead of being able to play the consolation championship, his opponent withdrew. Uh, so he won by default, uh, which is always a, you know, delightful way to get a nice little title. Um, but he won the Constellation bracket. The finals for the main draw are tomorrow. It'll be today by the time this comes out, uh, in which uh, Anders Martin uh, is advanced to the singles final. Um, and Martin and Marcus McDaniel, um, as Anders Martin and Marcus McDaniel, top 10 doubles team in the nation, will head uh, well, not head to, they will face Miami, uh, who is a top 11 uh, doubles team. In oh, that's an old joke. That is an old joke. Yeah. For uh, for their ITA regional crown um, win and you are at ITA nationals. Actually, I think the qualifier sends the top two on both sides. So they may already be in. Um, that's in sunny California uh, in a week or two. And uh that would be, you know, always good to get some some good matches, good opponents in. And uh, I guess we can say it's the usual suspects because uh, Martin and McDaniel are definitely the usual suspects when it comes to uh, men's tennis and getting into the finals of tournaments like this. So 
Mm-hmm. Uh, right now they're in Gainesville. I don't know if you mentioned that, that specifically. Uh, they are in Gainesville. The GT invite is actually two weeks from now. So that's mm-hmm. a that's a tech-hosted uh, tennis session. And then ITA Fall Nationals. Actually, I think that's a split squad day. Uh, ITA Fall Nationals is on that same weekend. So, Yeah, so don't expect the dub and the GT invite if uh, McDaniels and Martin are out in California. I mean, that that's probably me being a little bit unfair. And also, they don't really play team matches there anyways. But, um, but yeah, I would rather see them out in California and, and get some, you know, top, top competition. And that's never a bad thing. So uh, that, that competition is in San Diego. So very sunny, especially on November 7th. However, I guess it has been like sunny in 75 in Atlanta for the last two weeks. So yeah. nothing changes, I guess, for them. Uh, let's move on to softball. Instagram tells me that some sort of scrimmage or preliminary fall game of some sort happened at 1 p.m. today, but it doesn't tell me what happened. Do you know? Yeah, I don't know either. I checked Twitter. I checked uh, ramblingrec.com. I uh, even checked out their live stream link, which was off or something. I don't know. It was, it was weird. I didn't find a way to go back to, you know, the um whatchamacallit the existing already past live stream replays on demand yeah replay i don't think come on get get it together boomer words are hard um anyways uh they played georgia southern uh familiar faces involved in that they were opening a sports complex in adele georgia Adel, Adele, I don't, I don't know. Somebody will probably have comments on that. Someone's got music on the brain. Anyway, I'm, continue. I'm not from here. Um, anyways, um, yeah, played Georgia Southern. Oh, I hope it was a win. Um, Friday they played Emory. Uh, that was at home. Looked like a good turnout there, crowd wise. Again, uh, a little unclear about the actual results, but that's fall exhibition play. Uh, really, in in almost every sport for you. But um, yeah. Yeah, uh, I just looked up where Adele, Georgia is. It is uh, it's near Moultrie and Valdosta, so it's it's down there. It's ah. right up against the border. Well, I mean, relatively compared to where we are. Uh, ironically, I guess this is more coincidentally instead of ironically, uh, it's next to Nashville, Georgia. Is it on the Florida-Georgia line? No, I'm not taking that bait, and it is not actually on that line. Uh, Follow is very weird. I, I, I don't know. I would like some more information about these results, but I understand. I guess I understand not providing play-by-play and like having the full institutional support for games that don't actually matter. But I don't know. I want to. I want to know more information. I figured there'd at least be like an intern running the Twitter account or something. But I mean, you have that just like radio silence or you have Georgia Tech baseball that played 12 innings against UAB and uh, had the same like the innings ending in the middle of the inning because they're scoring a lot of runs. Let's play 12. Let's play the bottom of the 12th, even though we're winning by 14. You know, like it's fall ball. It's just kind of really weird sometimes. Are, are you are you trying to segue? Are you trying to take my transition job from me? Go for it. Yes. 
yeah, I had nothing else to say about softball, honestly. Um, baseball, I did catch a couple innings at the Rust DC. Um, the, the Mac knees, I, I don't know. We're still workshopping those. Um, but uh, yep, Tech, uh, it's a gorgeous day. Again, a lot less windy than last week. Tech, uh, in the, I guess, official, the first nine innings, uh, Tech uh, led 8-1 at the end of those Um Highlight was definitely the bottom of the sixth. Uh, it was six-run frame. Parada hit a bomb straight to center to lead it off. Uh, two guys got on. Uh, Reed clears the bases with a shot to right, and Anderson uh, does not uh, does not want to be left out, so he cleaned up as well with a two-run uh, shot to left. So the power's there. Um, the hitting's there. We had lots of hits. I mean, we scored 17 runs. So like it happens. Um, the six did also get cut off. So, you know, one of those probably could have been more, but it's fall ball. So let's pump the brakes. It's all fake is what you're yeah. saying. It is all fake. Um, pitching Zach Maxwell, two scoreless frames, three strikeouts, uh, court Rodig and Bart Nicky through scoreless frames as well. Um, yeah. Uh, Manly good pitching three strikeouts and a hit. Um, trying to see Aiden Finitary, another uh, scoreless frame. Really uh, can't really complain on a lot of this, man. It's uh, I'm hoping that this isn't me writing too much into fall ball, but I would like another coastal title. So am I asking for too much? Maybe. Uh, I mean, it's the end of October and baseball season doesn't start until February. So maybe let's think about this for a little bit while longer. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying let's digest a little bit more of the fall season before we make, uh, make decisions, if you will. Uh, Dig the long ball. And there was a lot of that on, uh, on uh, Saturday. So good to see. Okay. I'll give you the bit. I'll, I'll give you the joke. I'll give you the reference. Uh, we're moving on. Uh, swim and dive. Oh, I have to let you talk again. Oh, no. Yeah. See, this is another one of those sports that, like, I don't know what's going on with the live stats, but it was not super reliable. But Good pun. Good pun, is, by the way. I was there. So, like, with my own eyes, I saw the stuff that happened. Are you um, saying that are you are you trying to podcast as a video medium now? Yes, Is that what you're exactly. trying to do? I, I have to like put my memories into words so that way you guys can experience it. But um, that is what doing a podcast is about. <laughs> yes, um, we we face Florida State. Uh, we see Florida State a lot, um, which gives us the rare apples to apples measuring stick in the sport. Um, a lot like cross country and track. There's a lot of big invites. It's hard to kind of single out text performances versus the performances of others. But uh, with FSU being a uh, schedule annual uh, visitor, uh, or I guess sometimes we go there, you get the point um, that uh, it makes it for some easy comparisons or easier. Uh, the FSU men are top 15 team. Um, our men are top 20 team uh, lost to them by two points. Um, really did come down to the final relay. I know that's kind of a cliche in swimming that like, oh, the 50 free relay. <laughs> um, but in this case, the tech men entered that event trailing by seven, uh, which means that they needed to go one, three or one, two in order to 
win the event and then therefore the meet um they smoked in the a relay it was fantastic um but the b relay was just ever so slightly touched out and wound up fourth um tech gained ground uh but still came up two points short essentially for as much as a 32 event meet with diving and swimming and relays and all that can be it was essentially a coin flip um but that's what you want to see up against uh you know, some, some of the best in the sport. Um, but, uh, as far as the women go, uh, they were a little bit farther off. I think they lost by about 15 or 16. Um, not bad though. Uh, great performances from freshmen, um, men and women. Um, you know, maybe it was a good idea to like recruit the whole Turkish Olympic team. Not bad. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but, uh, Merk Kilavus won the thousand and the 500, um, He's about five seconds off the team record in the thousand, which may sound like a lot, but over a thousand yards, that is almost nothing. Um, and that was his, like his first big meet as, or not even big meet first, like regular D one meet as a, as a high or not high school, as a college swimmer. Wow. Oof. Um, but um, yeah, one, two events swam 1500 yards in an hour and a half. Uh, plus, you know, there's, there's relays and stuff too. Um Unlu uh, came back for another solid year. Um, he looks very good. Came in second in the 500 free. Uh, trying to think. Burke Saka, Kyle Pimpudis, Christian Ferraro. Names that we've heard a lot of. And then uh, on the women's side, Brooke Switzer. Um, continuing where she left off in the uh, mid-distance freestyle. You have Daphne Tashildis. I'm trying. I'm really trying on that. Um, she won two events. Uh, the 200 fly and the 500 free. Um Georgia Tech distance and, uh, and you know, some of the like stroke distance events making, making waves out there. Um, Ooh, bad I'm, pun. I'm not even going for that, but um, to show this in particular, um, fended off three FSU swimmers down the stretch and the 500 is a long race. So for the fact that, uh, you know, five swimmers, because I think we had another in the mix as well, but um, to have five swimmers at the, 400 meter or 400 yard mark that can win um, or have a reasonable shot at getting the win is uh, makes for a good race. And, you know, sometimes you got to just put your head down and go and tech got some gutty swims diving look good. I don't know. I'm a little all over the place on this. Cause I would have liked to, you know, have, have results, results to look have at. Results to, <laughs> like, to digest like a stat sheet. I'm looking, I'm looking at what you were telling me. And the stat sheet that comes up is for a meet from January. My leg just cramped so bad. But yeah, it's the Vanderbilt meet from last spring. Um, and like, I typed a lot of stuff in the Twitter live tweeting, but like, not that I don't know if that's right, but like, I hope it was right. <laughs> um, numbers would be are nice to be accurate when you publish something, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, but I, I do know that for sure the uh Tishildis and ferraro 200 flies were b cuts paputis got uh, ncaa b cuts in the 100 breast and 200 breast and the man also won the 200 im like i said lots of uh lots of stuff to like from the pool the women seem to have notable depth and just watching them smoke the 400 free relay at the end that is one of the more convincing and all around relays i've seen them swim in a while so and I, I don't think you did the setup enough credit. Like they, they were close to winning. I mean, 
relatively in terms of swim times here. They only missed a, a podium finish in that relay uh, or the second podium finish in that relay by 0.46 seconds. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's close. That's, I mean, it's not as close as you can get, but it's, it's like a, not even like a body length. That's like a hand length. Yeah, I think that's, that's your fingernail grazed a little bit later. So you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's very, very close. Uh, so like you said, coin flip, coin yeah. flip. Um, and, and just, you got to give credit where credit's due between transfers and recruiting. Like this is, a, I feel like a lot of teams say this in a lot of sports with the COVID extra year of eligibility, but with Pamputis and Ferraro being back and uh, you know, Hidalgo being back on the boards or Cameron Hidalgo diver. Um, that's, that's a lot of your great uh, star power. Like you combine it with Kilavus to shield this. This is their time to, you know, make a, make a statement, finish higher up in the conference rankings. It's hard to be good in the ACC. Um, and we get that at home this year. So maybe, maybe we'll see some waves there, but uh, Dude, again, you I need to, you need to fun. lay off the puns. Ugh. It's so it's bad. It's so it's bad. Too long. It just kind of flows out of me. Oh no. Flows. Ah, my God. Uh, just a couple other notes. Cause I have the recap up from ramblerrec.com. Uh, Carmen Woodruff, who I don't know if you mentioned, but I'm going to, uh, I'm going to put her out here. Uh, second best score on the three meter board. Um, she gave a couple comments to that end. Uh, freshman Alan Mann, who had one of the top scores on the three meter board on the men's side and the one meter board. Um, so a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of good results on the diving side uh, as well. Let's see. Did I have any other notes here that look interesting? No, no. Okay. Uh, next meet is at North Carolina on the fifth. And then I, th- apparently they're going to Duke the next day. So okay. that is a, I don't know what it is about scheduling the back-to-back uh, power five turns. Cause we've done it at home a couple times too. And it's. <laughs> I, I feel like those are built to have people do different events. But yeah. I don't know how meets work anymore. So. I mean, that, that's the thing about these meets too, is like, and again, there's a reason there's a regular season, but until we see like shave and taper, like it's two different seasons. Like, and again, that gets in the weeds a little bit, but uh, there's, there's a lot of swimming left to be done before even the GT invite, let alone ACCs and the NCAAs. So, yeah. Yes. Yes. And there's a lot of swimming that needs to be done before tech will apparently put together a competent live scoring page, but that's besides the point. Uh, Moving on to a sport that did have a good live scoring page. Let's talk about golf. Georgia Tech golf plays sixth in the, what was the name of this tournament? Because all I have is golf club of Georgia on the shot sheet. And I think that's what it's called. It's it's the golf club of Georgia collegiate. We need to get so much better at naming and branding these events. Like I'm actually upset that it's, that's what the name of it is called. Not the Georgia tech fun golf time event or something like that. Sure. Even that would be better. Please tell me about it. Um, so golf did uh, make a short trip, but uh, the defending champs Pepperdine uh, were in town. They're quite good. Um, they annihilated the, uh, 
the stroke as a team mark i'm really blanking on a more concise way to say that but um yeah so they were playing really really good golf um tech uh, a top 20 team a top 10 team by some metrics um was also uh joined by texas a&m top 10 team uh, wake forest who is very good tennessee top 25 team and stanford a top five team um top tech four won. top four tech wound up sixth uh but if you couldn't tell by our our little intro they uh had a little bit of a stacked field so you know you, you'd like to see a, a nice win at your at your own tournament but they're playing golf against some of the best teams in the country in the region um I'd rather beat Wake Forest at the ACCs and have now be what it is. So, you know, cause that's how sports work. Right. So we just, everything will come due and, and we'll get our just rewards. Good coach speak. Uh, I, I just want to bolster your intro to describing this very poorly named tournament. Uh, I think the Ramblin' Rec blurb here does the, does the field some really good justice. Uh, it's, it's number 13 tech in the, in the golf coaches poll. Uh, but the field includes, Ten, nine other top 50 teams and then 15 top 50 individual golfers. So mm-hmm. very, very good field. And to play sixth in that is no, no small feat personally. Plus they've already won two of the four tournaments they've played in this year. Like they're, they're, they're playing 500 to they're be 500. 500 in golf. That's crazy. The big golfer might do it. Oh, but he'd sure. just do it in terms of drive yards, not actual win percentage. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, just got to drive the green on every hole. That's that's how you win golf. Only hit bangers. That's how golf works. Dude, I hear if you hit it into the lake, it's worth more strokes, which is what you want to do. No. <laughs> golf is scored by the most points, actually. That's why I'm the best at golf. Keep telling yourself that, but let's move on to a team that scores the most points out of its conference opponents faced this week. Georgia Tech Volleyball, uh, also elite transition. Shout out myself. Uh, this past weekend, Tech beat Hughes three sets to one at their home turf uh, and then swept Boston College in Chestnut Hill. Tech is still top 10 in RPI. I don't think we've seen an update on that since last week. Uh, and then last week they placed uh, 13th in the coaches poll. They're rolling. They are oh, yeah. rolling. They haven't lost. I don't think they've lost a, a game since the, since that home opener weekend uh, yeah. where they played Notre Dame and Louisville and lost both of those matches, but they're rolling. They're doing really well. They're steamrolling some of these teams. It is also worth noting that that is our first win at Syracuse ever. Um, and that's a Syracuse team that beat Pitt last year, too. Uh, beat them twice, actually. They're a top 50 team this year, so you know, not no slouch, not, not the you know, it's not the Pitt and Louisville and Georgia Techs of the world, but they're not a bad team. It was in their own building. Um, they were also at Boston College on the road. That did not look like it was going to be a sweep in the third set. Um, oh, no, Tech, uh doing a demolition in the second set. Uh, Boston College did have fight left back in them. Um, Tech rallied to take a bunch of late points um, about as late as possible. It did go um, 
think 23-23. And then, no, it's 24-24 is uh, Tech 1, 26-24. Uh, so, you know, really just uh, pulling it out at the last second, I guess. But a sweep is a sweep. A win's a win. Um, the Syracuse notable also um, for that being a team that Tech has had issues with in our building, too. So it, it's good to to see that uh, just in general. So not just a comment about, like, blue and orange voodoo or something like that we can save that for football so oh boy are we gonna save that for football i'm excited uh one i guess one thing to sort of round out the volleyball discussion like this team i think like this team's performance comes with the caveats of like oh maybe they should be like syracuse aside is top 50 but like boston college not particularly like all that powerful and at least in recent memory in, in terms of volleyball atmosphere. And we talked last week about Duke and Clemson and then going even further, Virginia and Virginia tech. But I think your thesis on the season is that even if you ignore some of these bottom feeders in the sport, the ACC is still a really good volleyball conference this year. Not even that. This is the best season of ACC volleyball that has ever been played. The best season of ACC volleyball to ever season. Sure. The um, the game today between Pitt and Louisville. I did watch a decent chunk of that as I was cleaning my apartment. Um, but that was number two Louisville and number four Pitt. That is the highest ranked matchup of uh, two ACC teams ever. Uh, there's never been a top five pairing. Um, for today um so great to see there's six teams in the top 20 uh, that means a third of the teams in the top 20 are acc teams that would be tech pitt louisville uh north carolina i want to say miami and fsu yeah yeah that's that's, that's the cool. most i think i've ever heard oh yeah in the top 20 for sure and then you got notre dame at like 36 or 37 not bad and then um syracuse is you know 50 borderline ish. So really in terms of just seeing success from the conference level, like, I don't know, it, it's, it's that rising tides thing, man. We, we talked about it. We've talked about it in other sports, but in, in terms of volleyball tech is front and center in, in terms of that rise in, in, in prominence in general. So. Mm-hmm. And I get, they get a couple more chances to really hammer that home two here coming up really quick so they'll play that aforementioned ranked north carolina team on friday at home on acc network extra that's a 7 p.m tip so if you're in town for homecoming that's a great way to follow up mini 500 uh and then on the sunday at 1 p.m conveniently located uh well before the braves have first pitch that day uh they will face off against nc state also on acc network Extra. And then, I mean, you're talking, the slate does not get easier from there. That's it's Miami, Florida state at Louisville hosting Pitt, Clemson, meh. And then ending the season at Florida state again, like you're playing the gauntlet here for the most part to in the back half. Yep. Um, And it's worth also noting too, that, because Louisville did win today, I, I had kind of been hoping for a pit win because that would put them both at, at one loss in the conference and Tech has two. We don't really control our own destiny anymore either with the whole Louisville and Pitt thing, but 
I don't know. Taking another one of those out of the two of those teams would be very nice. But going into Louisville's building, they'll probably they could very well be the number one ranked team by the time we play them. So that'll be. Uh, and you can't say they didn't play nobody. No, can't I be, mean, can't be going and calling fine bomb about Louisville volleyball. Well, that's exactly what they said about tech volleyball in 2019. Georgia tech didn't play nobody while well, well, they that had, was, you know, 15 out of their last 16 games or whatever it was, which to be fair, the conference in general, wasn't quite as good back then scheduling, blah, blah, blah. Um, all that stuff. But in, in terms of what we're looking at the rest of the year, it is going to be, it is going to be a not tough sledding. That's probably an unfair way to say that, but it'll definitely be an adventure. Roller coaster. Oh yeah. Roller coaster implies ups and downs. I I think adventure is the right way to put it. Yeah. Uh, It's more of a, like a, Let's see. What's the best tech like metaphor that I can put on this? You're driving the rambling wreck down a cobblestone street. Mm, I was going to go with more D and D campaign, but fine. Your metaphor works better. I was going more nerdy than literal tech. Ah, oops. Why do you got to ruin my jokes? Speaking of other things, ruining things. Let's talk about Georgia tech football who uh, put a little bit of a stinker into what was ended up being a very nice little weekend for Atlanta sports with a 40 to 48 loss in Charlottesville. So let's start at the top. This game was not close. We're, we're in agreement on that, right? We both watched this entire game. This game was not actually as close as the eight point margin indicates. No, 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 no. There people can see that and go, oh, wow, like it was close. One, one score game, Charlottesville, haha. No, this was, they, they recovered back-to-back onside kicks, for goodness sakes. Like, I, I don't know. And the worst part is how it started, too, because there was like, wow, our defense is effective and we scored points. No. I think the thing there is, they stuck to the play script to open the, to open the game. I mean, they, they won the toss and elected to take the ball. So they, they had, they saw that they had an opportunity to, you know, go ahead, execute their play script and come out with a seven point lead on that first drive force a Virginia punt and then score again on the ensuing drive. So now you're 15 or so 10 or 15 plays into your play script you've sort of exhausted your, your scripted plays to begin the game. And now you have to sort of go with game flow. Once they had to adjust to game flow in play calling on offense, that's where you saw the, the wheels come off a little bit offensively. And then I think we can get into a longer discussion on the, on the defensive side of the ball, but what high level thoughts here, what, what are we thinking? You mean offense, defense, or, or everything. Right? The, the Georgia Tech team that we saw yesterday did exactly what we expected it to do. I'm not sure what you mean by that. Do you want to tell us more? Sure. I mean, <laughs> Virginia's effective on offense, but we kind of let them look more effective than they probably should have. Their, their throwing pocket passer for quarterback had, you know, 100 yards rushing. Like that, <laughs> it, it seems like other teams find ways to both 
play to their strengths and also find new strengths um, upon occasion when, uh, when playing against us. And, you know, like the offense still did a good job of putting up points. Like, yeah, like, you know, several touchdowns, you got a field goal in there. You know, it's, (laughs) we, we scored in a variety of ways. And again, this is not super elegant, but I, I don't know. Like it was the game I expected little points here than I expected, but. Are you saying that they are who you thought they were? At this point, yes, we have enough data points to say that Georgia Tech is Georgia Tech, and it's really just a lot of the same. It's a lot of the same. And I, I, think. I, I think you're touching on something there. Sorry, you finish your thought, I, but I, I, I want to come back to that thought. I was going to say, there's a lot of people who are individually talented and doing great things, but like it, there just seems to be something overarching that's just not quite there. Mm-hmm. And I think the that sort. I, I think the first thing you said there, it's like it's the same thing. Like we know what we're getting. Um, I think we saw that theme in the defensive performance for this game, right? And, and I I was saying it a couple of times while I was live tweeting the game, and I, I had mentioned it in this in our writers' room as well. UVA had a lot of success in that seven to fifteen yard depth of target range. I I don't have the exact numbers in front of me because I wasn't charting the game, but just from anecdotal, like what, you know, obviously watching the game, watching it back a little bit, that's where they made most of their money. They're not throwing short little check downs. They're not throwing deep a whole lot, but they are taking advantage. They, They took advantage of that seven to 15 yard zone a lot. And they found a lot of success because you could see it, it was there were wide open spaces in the way that tech was defending at times. Uh, I'm not going to claim to be a zone coverage expert, but some of those handoffs between zones and some of those, just some of the placement of the zones, even like there's something wrong in there that we see teams take advantage of time and time and time again in that seven to 15 yard range and just make ridiculous amounts of progress down the field i i mean on some of those touchdown drives for uva they weren't even first forced into a third down situation right nope. because I, they kept hitting that mid-range throw on first or second down even if they were running the ball there's a play that perfectly exemplifies that too is we had them at third and 16 and they're they're able to convert and and that's that that 15 to 20 ish yard range where if you're just chunking your way down the field, you, you don't even give yourself opportunities to make stops and, and force a punter or, or anything like that. And I don't know, we were, we were super turnover lucky against uh, UNC and did a great job forcing the ball out there. But you know, when, when you lose that battle, I, not to say that we are as good as top 10 Iowa team, but you know, like, you saw what happened to them when that was a big part of their defensive identity was, you know, putting the ball down. And I think Georgia tech could very well have success uh, against uh, a Notre Dame or something like that, but it is going to take a, a turnover or two and not doing the same thing on our end. Mm-hmm. And I will, I think one of the things I pointed out uh, while I was tweeting the, the, while I was tweeting the game is that that, pick the pick that you're talking about from jeff sims in four plays 
was about a 12 expected points added swing, right? You have Sims pass being picked off at the, at the UVA 28, that's minus right around minus five EPA. And then, you know, Brennan Armstrong completes one pass for five yards. Then he throws an incomplete pass and then he hits Dontavian Wicks for a 70, 70 yard TD and almost seven expected points added in that uh, on the very next play. So you're looking at just a massive swing just in those moments that tech isn't really able to recover from. Um, and it, it's, it, it's not like turnovers were a consistent theme throughout the night, right? It's not, it's not like tech had trouble holding onto the ball. UVA was really rangy on defense, or it was really, um, like, uh, really looking for, uh, stripping the ball out or anything. It was just, you had that one moment that sort of, you know, rocked Georgia tech a little bit especially in, in some of the underlying numbers and it sort of just didn't adjust. Right. Um, it, it just couldn't adjust and it had a lot of trouble the rest of the way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, and I wouldn't besmirch Jeff for the turnover or anything like that either. I, I, we have it in our shot sheet. The play calling was consistent. Like I didn't have much of an issue with that. It's just one of those, like, like it, it wasn't amazing, but it wasn't that bad either. Like, yeah, I, I just, the thing that blows my mind is like, I get it. Like my expectations of this team when I became a fan was set on a consistent and very established offensive identity. I would not say we have a very like unique mm-hmm. offensive identity anymore. And that's, that's part of the point of this whole transformation, right? Is that that is not our thing, but we do have Mr. SEC defensive guru, Florida, Mississippi State. Like, I, I would have expected to see just more out of the defense. And, and quite frankly, the offense is, like, it could be better, but it's not the, as big of a problem right now either, I don't think. Like, you have, you have a lot of talent on offense, and it's bringing you far, but if you can't stop the other team, it's, it's silly when, when you – simplify the game to like the best offense is a good defense or like you can't win a playoff series without pitching or or whatever, like old baseball inside baseball term or inside football term um, or inside basketball where it's like, Oh yeah. Defense wins championships. Like also defense doesn't win. None of those things are true anymore. Well, the pitching one is true, but sidebar, but but, like I get what you're saying. it, It like, but it, that's the thing too, is you still need it is the point I'm trying to make it right. And like, it's wild to see us ranked as high as we are by some metrics and some advanced statistical profiles, whatever. I, Bill C would probably not be appreciative if that's how I vaguely describe statistical that. profiles, analytics, yeah. like the boomer says like the fact that we're in, in, you know, fifties range, like that is, it, it still surprises me a little bit, honestly. Like, I just feel like we know what this team can do. And like, I just wish that it, it seems like they're very close. Like just mm-hmm. to having some sort of breakthrough. We thought it was going to be UNC. We thought it was Clemson. It, it, we need to win two games in a row is what we need to do. I that, No, I agree. You can say that the point is proven. And with, with how the defense has been inconsistent at, at forcing turnovers, if that's going to be their thing, you got to make sure you're always doing that. 
if your thing's going to be making, you know, big stops or, or just bending, but not breaking, you have to do the thing, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And, and I just don't think we're uh, doing that with enough regularity. The game is about blocking and tackling as we're constantly reminded by our friends at Split Zone Duo, right? It's about blocking and tackling. On the blocking side of things, despite having a patchwork offensive line in this game, Tech was fine. It yeah. averaged 2.2, uh, about 2.2 line yards per carry. That's fine. I don't really have a problem with that. It had like to expand upon that in terms of rushing game, which we've harped on a couple of times here as being inconsistent in the last couple of weeks, they had 7.2 uh, highlight yards per rush opportunity. So that's after they cross uh, after they gain what, I think it's like 10 yards uh, or wow, this is going to be rough to explain uh, rushing opportunity where there are four yards gained on the carry And then however many yards after that, there's a formula it's online. Uh, I'll leave it at that. It's good. It's a good met. It's a good number of yards to to gain when you're being explosive in the running game. Uh, I mean, the EPA numbers check out, right? Even if you account for the pick tech is passed for 0.24 EPA per play. It's not terrible. It's not as bad as it's been sometimes on on the ground. They've been uh, 0.45 EPA per play. That's, that's really good. Here's the kicker, though, and this is something that you you touched on um, with the, the third and 16 comment on late downs. So that's third and fourth down. Virginia had a 70 percent success rate. Tech had a 50 percent success rate, 70 yep. percent. So when I say the game is about blocking and tackling, we talked we talk here about the blocking part. Right. Tech was yep. successful at that one half of the what the game is about. It was not successful in spades. And I don't think it's much of a stretch to say that at the second part. And I think, again, to to go back to our point, the the point that I was talking about earlier about some of these mid-range throws and UVA hammering that, I think it really comes back to scheme. What are we doing here, right? What what is, if you are continually allowing that mid-range throw, it's something that we talk about in soccer, right? If, if a player is doing something once it's a, if a player does something wrong, once it's a mistake. If a player does something wrong many times, it's a, it's a tactical instruction. In this case, if players are missing their zone coverage or, or blowing zone coverages here, it has to be something strategic. It has to be something schematic. So if you're giving up that, that second level throw, that seven to 15 yard throw, what is the benefit that you're getting out of it? Right. What, what, where is the other margin that you're winning on? And to your point, they are allegedly like schematically, theoretically supposed to be winning on that turnover margin, but turnovers are random by nature. You only recover 50% of fumbles, only 22% of passes, uh, passes defended turn into interceptions. So how is, how does this work out? Right. I, I think you need, maybe need to pick a better opportunity cost to base your defense on, because clearly this is not working. Yeah. I think it's funny that we, we harp on, 
on the tackling not being there because literally there was one play where we had an open field tackle that was very clean and I was like wow we've come a long way on that ha funny um but no I agree all all that to say is I think you nailed it and I don't know there there has to be something else out there that can be effective and delivered dividends because after granted a seven-year contract's a long time but after three you start to learn some stuff and even then like even even sometimes success even if there was more like winning can still get stale and and maybe there's some opportunity there to say hey this is what works this is what doesn't now we know let's make those changes because i think there are ways that we've seen this staff grow and improve in in three years um whether that's certain development standards or discipline discipline this season Mm -hmm. in terms of penalties like they've really cleaned that up and i think that's something to definitely be lauded but and that's 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 something you coach too so Mm -hmm. like like it's it could very well be a hey like we had to start with a discipline type thing or, or with this base thing and maybe next year we'll be better i don't know but at, at some point, something will have to change because, you know, being being a, a middling middle of the pack team is just not it, it's not the promise. It's not the reason that people stick around. There, there are certain expectations. Yeah. Uh, a, a couple other things I want to discuss before we move on to the recap, because we are already just at a, just about an hour uh, or the preview. Wow. We words hard it's 9 p.m but it's we are up and down and up and down roller coaster style uh special teams wise block pat bad i felt like that's coming for a while now because some of the blocking on the pats has not been particularly stellar um but two onside kick successes in a row i have to give jude kelly credit for absolutely nailing the form of an onside kick and He's also really whoever, whoever like manages onside kick coverage, doing a pretty good job. Not going to lie. Uh, there, there's special teams emphasis and supposed, you know, and, and that's clearly something that they've done a lot of work on and, and it shows. Yeah. Good job. Absolutely. I mean, those are picture perfect uh, uh, onside kick calls. Right? I, I, I thought it was like the same play getting replayed. <laughs> Oh what yeah, else? no, no. They were the exact same. He he has that down to a science, and I think that's again, there are positives here if you find them. But like, obviously, mm-hmm. we have to talk about some of the the issues as well. Um, the other thing that I wanted to mention before you look at the shot sheet and the analysis that I put into the put into this play, your thoughts on going for two down eight points. I know it's what you're supposed to do, but that doesn't mean I like it. We don't have time for discourse. Uh, I wish we did, but it's fine. I think a lot of people may not like it because it didn't work. And I don't know if we should be that results oriented about some of these edge cases or like winning on the margins decisions. I'm, I, I like that they did it because it shows that they like look at the numbers, but the the, the football, not that I'm a football guy, but if there was a football guy that was, you know, me, I, it still would have like killed me. Like, just go for the one. You need 14 points. You, you know what I mean? Like, well, you need, you need eight. You don't need 14 at that point. You need eight. 
right? The, yeah. To to loot like here here's the thing. The, your goal is to win the game in regulation, not to go to overtime. Overtime is a coin flip. The goal is to have 100% win probability at the end of the game, not at, at the end of regulation, not 50% win probability at the end of regulation, right? So yeah. you go for two there. So kicking both extra points, the way that 538 explains it, kicking both extra points maximizes your chance of going to overtime. Going for two on the first, on the front end, maximizes your success of winning the game uh, maximizes your chances to win the game outright in regulation so yeah. it, it's a it's a risk it's a good risk and and i posted some charts on twitter to explain everything and you can go look those up it, it's a good risk it's a risk that they should have been willing to take i'm going to applaud the decision making process that went on there because it is savvy it's it's number savvy um it's fine i it just didn't work out I, it was a good decision that didn't work out. Fair enough. Fair enough. Moving on to game eight versus Virginia Tech. That is a noon kick on October 30th on your local regional sports network. Virginia Tech, three and four, one and two in conference. They are 55th in FPI. That's ESPN's football power index. ESPN SB plus has them at 43rd SB plus also puts their chances of going six and six and making a bowl game at 44%. Justin Fuente. It is time, buddy. I'm not saying that this game specifically will be the time, but buddy, I am surprised that you still have a job when we're recording this after blowing a 20 point point lead. Fourth quarter lead, mind you, to Syracuse at home. Let's tarmac Fuente. I mean, how long is the flight from Blacksburg's airport to uh, to Hartsfield-Jackson? Or I guess the reverse leg of that. I was going to say, can you even can you even put a football team charter into Blacksburg? Like, I don't. Well, they're coming the here. So, I get, but like, I, you still have to get the plane there for them to take it back. I feel like I looked this up, and the nearest airport is like RDU. <laughs> No, there's no way. It has to be like Roanoke or something, right? Oh, no, no, no. It was, it was Roanoke. It was Roanoke. It was Roanoke. But it's Roanoke. still like an hour and a half away. Yeah, Roanoke. Yeah, Roanoke, Blacksburg Regional. Let's see how long the runway is because I'm uh, now curious. This is too much air. This is too much airplane nerdery. I'm going to let you look that up. I'm going to read some more statistics. Justin Fuente, it's probably time. Um, Georgia Tech. Three and four, as we discussed, two and three in the ACC. FPI has Tech at 51st. SP Plus has Tech at 50th with the 47th ranked offense, 50th ranked defense, and 94th ranked special teams. SP Plus also has Tech's chances of going six and six and making a bowl game at 25%. Some general odds and ends, not to make a pun, but to get that out of the way. Uh, this game opened in Vegas at a pick'em. Uh, the consensus line moved to tech by three and a half uh, by the time of recording. It might have moved a little bit more by the time you see this tomorrow morning. Uh, over under that I saw uh, on Vegas Insider, it was at 54.5. SP Plus projects a VT win by a half point. So basically it's a toss up. Um, and FPI 
weirdly enough, FBI has Georgia Tech winning uh, 61% of the time. So, wow, this is a weird game. This is very weird to, you know, read, write, and talk about. This might be the uh, most, uh, or sorry, the least hyped Tecmo Bowl stakes on both sides that I can remember at least. Uh, let's see. Someone has mentioned in our writer's room, this might be the worst rendition of the Tecmo Bowl of all time. <laughs> and I think that's a little bit brutal, but I also don't find a lot of reason to disagree. I mean, you're talking about just a decade ago, mind you, Tecmo Bowl decided the ACC Coastal winner uh, every single year. And now both of these teams are scuffling. Let's see. The last time that this rivalry did not include at least one ranked team was 2008. Uh, Georgia Tech was pretty good that year, lost to Virginia Tech. Um, ranked all the way through 2012. All right. And there has not, wait, I thought Virginia Tech was ranked when we beat them in 2017. Anyways. Um, yeah, no, that, that first decade when Virginia Tech was in the ACC was, was quite good football. High drama. High drama. Made for good stakes. Um, now there are definitely stakes, but, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll let the football, uh, play out on the field for that. Absolutely. I I think we've sort of discussed what we want to see out of this game, right? It's something on the defensive end needs to be fixed. It's really what I want to see. Uh, Other than that, honestly, a lot of the things that I'm interested around this game are the intangibles, right? It's homecoming weekend. It's world series weekend in Atlanta. There's a lot of stuff going on um, in and around, in and around campus. Uh, I mean, you have Mini 500 at 5 p.m. on the Friday. Rec Parade is now at, I think, 8 a.m. I think that uh, time has been updated uh, with the game time for this game being updated. Um, And then I'm missing one. Freshman Cake Race, obviously, 6.30 a.m. But no one other than freshman is really ever there watching that one. Uh, I mean, it's homecoming weekend. Have some fun. Come to town. Like, Game or no game, if you go to, like, whatever you're doing this weekend, like, there's opportunities to have fun the entire weekend across the campus. And across town, too. Uh, Well, look, Cobb County, Cumberland, technically not Atlanta. Technically. All right. Are we going to be pedants again? I feel like we're good at that. So we're very good at being pedantic, but also I think it's very late for both of us and both of us are just going to get annoyed at each other for being pedantic. So I'm going to move on and keep talking fast. Uh, All right, go ahead. TLDR on this game, what to watch for. It's a winnable game. FBI is a very good model. It has Georgia tech winning this 60% of the time. Uh, SP plus has, this as a toss up win the winnable game win the winnable game at home on homecoming fourth win back to 500 that'd be great i'd love it also would be jeff collins first season above three wins Mm -hmm. so progress it's forward movement we talked a lot about proof of concept at the bye week before the bye week like right after that unc win you want to really show proof of concept of your 
not only win, win decisively. Don't leave this late. <laughs> you want to show proof of concept, get VT to leave Fuente on the tarmac at Hartsfield Jackson. That's how you show proof of concept. Your flight's out of concourse D, my guy. Start walking. Oof, and tell him that uh, 20 minutes before boarding starts. Hey, hey, if you hustle, the plane train will get you there. Please, <laughs> welcome to the plane train. Please hold on. <laughs> this train is arriving. <laughs> this train is arriving. And you've job. been fired. <laughs> Next stop, pink slip. All right. Oof, we're, we're getting punchy. It's, it's like anything else to talk about for this game, for homecoming week. Anything you want to shout out on campus this week? Um, go go to volleyball. I know Miami's sold out uh, next week, but uh, I have not heard that these two games are yet, and there should be a lot of people in town for some football, and this is your chance to see a very good team that, uh, you know, needs that turnout. So, so hopefully people are there. It's been full. It's been fun. It's been packed. I love that I can't park in that parking lot anymore that's really close to the stadium, and I have to walk. I'll take it. It's fine. Um, and yeah, rec parade being at 8am is too early. Um, but, uh, hopefully we see Be there, coward self. <laughs> All right. Whoever gets there later has to buy the coffee. All right. Fair enough. Deal. Cool. Uh, I will see you there at 8am sharp then. Uh, other last housekeeping bit today's the sixth anniversary of miracle on Techwood. Tell me about your, uh, memory of that in a couple of sentences. That's why I applied to Georgia tech. Literally, literally, I was like, hey, can we put on football? FSU is good and they're playing. And then Tech won. And I was like, oh, Georgia Tech, that's the good engineering school. I like engineering. I'll apply. And I applied the next day. See, sometimes this is why I think we shouldn't use the common app because then you let degenerates like this apply just because they watch the football game. Yep. Well, I wrote a couple essays and now uh, I have all of this to show for it. So. He's waving at the background behind him like he has both of his degrees on display. And I only think I think one of them is up there, not the other one. It's a watercolor of Georgia Tech and you missed the mark a little bit. But uh, no, the one directly behind you looks like your degree. No, that's a a print of the Ramblin' Wreck fight song. That is Tech Tower. And that's the car. Okay. well, clearly my eyes are deceiving me at 9 p.m. I was on the field for this one. This was during my tenure, uh, probably the high point of Georgia Tech football uh, out of all six years. We won the Gator Bowl and won nine games and beat UGA and Virginia Tech the next year. Come on. My personal high point. Okay. Oh, no. You can't can't beat storming the field because you can't storm the court at at McCamish. So I really wanted to that Louisville year or the Notre Dame one. The Notre Dame one. You know the one I'm talking about. No, no, about. no. There was, a, there was the Notre Dame one, and then there was the Louisville one where they did – no, they did the other one at home because it was a top five Louisville. Yeah, top Louisville. Top five Louisville team. What a weird year. What a what a weird curse year to what 1920 was. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. That's, that's the that, – we're ending on that one. See everyone next week. Oh.